Well, hi, Family Church, Gospel, Bridgemary, and um, everybody else and anybody else that may be watching tonight. Um, just a great opportunity. Last week we were in the Empower Centre and we were hoping that that was going to continue. Unfortunately, here we are. Things are different. Circumstances have changed and I'm back in my office. So I just thank thankful that you're with me and uh, that you're here as we follow through uh, with week eight of the Fruit of the Spirit. And um, I'm looking forward to sharing on our next thought here tonight. But before we do, just want to just give a big shout out to those that were on Zoom this morning. Um, I think we had close to 50 people gathered on Zoom this morning. And uh, just really want to say thank you to all those that are making that effort. I know we're on Zooms and we're on computers and, and all sorts of things, gadgets and technology constantly at the moment. But it's really, really special seeing one another on the Zoom on a Sunday morning and having that time of fellowship with one another. Um, if you've not jumped on board yet, it's great. We had another family join us this morning. Um, we got our regulars that are there every week. We want to encourage you tonight that you join us next Sunday morning for our Zoom meeting at 10 o'clock. Uh, then we watch, um, at half past 10, we watch the main service like everybody else. And then um, after the main service, usually around about 20 to 12, we gather again on Zoom for some fellowship, some fun, uh, sharing the word and the thoughts that we'd heard that morning together. It's just so good. But anyway, enough about next Sunday. This is about tonight and uh, we're opening up the word of God. And let's just pray before we do. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word just is, is a miraculous working word. And I pray, Father, as it goes into our heart tonight, Lord, that uh, by the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would convict us, Lord, of areas of our life that perhaps we may need to change. Father, I thank you that you lead us, you guide us, and your word is truth. And we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Well, tonight we are looking at the missing quality of gentleness. Gentleness really isn't a word that, that you hear very much of today or in certain circumstances you hear that word. But in, in actuality, we live in a world where we're taught to be tough, to be strong-minded, independent, people who, you know, people who are um, in control of our own destiny, uh, where we no longer need God. This is what the Bible says. Uh, regarding these last times, the last days, in, in sec, uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse, uh, chapter, uh, verse 1, it says, But know this, in the last days, perilous or difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Then it goes on to say having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. This passage of scripture that the Apostle Paul is writing to the church really identifies the day and the age and the time 
in which we are living today. Let's look at some of the words that Paul uses here. Boastful, proud, abusive. I don't think I've known a generation. I've worked on the building sites. I've worked as a shipwright. Um, I've worked um, in, on the, in the post office. But the days in the, on the building sites, talk about abusive. But I believe we live in a much worse, more abusive society than we ever have before. Disobedient. Today, people are disobedient towards the police, their teachers, one another, their employees, employers. We're such a disobedient generation, ungrateful, unholy, without self-control, brutal. We live in a very brutal world, conceited and very much lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. The Apostle Paul wrote this in the first century, but the relevance of this is so real for us in the 21st century. Those who lack gentleness are often prideful or angry individuals or individuals that feel that they need to have revenge in situations. We lack, as a, as, as a community, we lack as churches, the spirit of gentleness, the spirit of meekness, humility. There are prideful individuals. There are prideful situations. But I tell you what, the church was meant to be built with men and women who walked with the spirit or the fruit of gentleness in their life. The heart of gentleness, I believe, is really missing in our culture today and the fruit of gentleness is missing in the church of Jesus Christ. I want to read some statistics. These are crime statistics from 2019 for England and Wales. This shows a real lack of gentleness in our society. There were one million 242,000 recorded violent crimes. There were a total number of 366,718 offences of burglary. There were 83,930 robberies recorded. And there were a total of 670 homicide or murders offences recorded in 2019. We're living in a society today where gentleness is considered weakness. But that's not what the Bible teaches. It's not the, the biblical definition of the word gentleness. Gentleness in Galatians chapter 5 means to submit one's strength in a posture of meekness. It's interesting. We're going to look at that a little bit more a little later on. But tonight, like I say, is the eighth of the fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to read this passage of Scripture again, which we've read um, over and over again. And I hope you probably now know this Scripture off by heart. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues. Patience that endures, kindness 
in action, a life full of virtue or goodness, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit or self-control. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. In our lives, these the fruit of the spirit outworked in our life are meant to be limitless. And we do that as we yield to the Holy Spirit. He will produce this kind of fruit. It's us, the more we yield to the Spirit of God, the more we produce this fruit of the Spirit. Not, not some of the fruit, not a little of the fruit, but the fruit in its fullness. Remember, He is the vine, we are the branches, and as we are connected to the vine, we produce the fruit that the vine enables, called the fruit of the Spirit, at work in our lives. Some translations of the Bible call the fruit of call it the fruit of gentleness. Others translate meekness or humility. But the truth is, this biblical word is missing in so many people's lives, or it's not being produced to the level in which it should be. So it's really under, really important that we understand the biblical meaning of the word gentleness. Someone once said this, there is nothing stronger in the world than gentleness. Seems like a contradiction, but it, the, the, the truth is there. There is nothing stronger in the world than gentleness. See, we can all you know, rile up when we get attacked or someone has a go at us. It's so easy to respond with anger, with anger, with aggression, with more aggression. It's not so easy than when someone verbally attacks you or verbally accuses you to respond with a heart of gentleness, meekness or um, kindness in our heart. Gentleness isn't a wimpy handshake or a softly spoken voice. The Greeks, I love the fact, the Greeks used pictures to describe words. Now, you know, I, I don't know what picture um, or an analogy that would, would conjure up in your mind when you think of the word gentleness. For some, you may be thinking of a, uh, of a, of a dove flying in the air. Others, you may be thinking of a, of a lake or um, with a gentle breeze on your face. I, I don't know what the, it would conjure up in your mind, a picture of gentleness. But for the Greeks, the word in the Greek is prautus, and it's defined as power under control, being humble, being teachable. One of the hardest things as a pastor that I can come across isn't outright rebellion from an unsaved person it is an unteachable spirit in the life of a believer that's one of the hardest things to be able to help people to see and overcome in their lives but this picture that the greeks gave is this it is that of a wild horse now you think of some some stallion um that, that is rearing up and that's the picture that the Greeks gave to this word 
gentleness. Why? Because it's talking about a wild horse that has been tamed and now is under control. So gentleness is strength under control. It is strength properly focused and properly directed. I remember many years ago sitting on an American quarter horse. That, that's just solid muscle. You know, that was when Jenny was, was much, much younger and she was doing horse riding lessons. And uh, we used to take her to a place out in Titchfield. And I was once, the, 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 the lady that owned the horses, she asked if I would like to, to get on this particular horse that was in the process, hadn't been fully trained, but was in the process of being trained. Now, this thing was full of youthfulness. Um, it had immense power. You know, it, just every muscle was bulging on this horse. And it sometimes had a mind of its own. But this lady had tamed this 1,200 pound solid muscle quarter horse to do pretty much anything that she asked it to do as she pulled on the reins or told it to do certain things. At any point, this horse could have galloped off into the sunset with me holding on to the, the back of the horse or, or being dragged along by the stirrup or it could have trampled me underfoot. But this huge beast called Bud had its strength under control. That's the picture. When we talk about um, gentleness in the Bible, that's the picture I want you and I to have. It has all the strength. It has all the power. It has everything to go charging off to do its own thing. But actually, it has this all under control. And that's the perfect picture to describe gentleness in the Bible. To be proud in relation to our lives means that we are to take what would look like the state of a wild, rebellious horse and to be trained so that it's focused and disciplined, calm and highly effective. It also means to be taken from the atmosphere of fearfulness and made to have an unquenching, unflinching steel within their life in the presence of danger. I think it's just amazing this whole thought of having our lives under control. Now, what does that look like practically in our lives? It means this, that when we allow gentleness to have its perfect plan and work out, being worked out in our life, it means that our lives are under control. That means anger is under control. Emotions are under God's control. Habits are under God's control. Not running out of control, but God, we have control over our life. Therefore, anything that would be classed as a habit, we have the ability to have ascendancy and control and deal with it and overcome it. Stress under control. You know, sometimes the levels of pressure 
the levels of stress being pulled in 101 different directions can get on top of and overwhelm at times. But I've got to come back down to this, Lord, gentleness. It is being under control. Our tongue under control. I still deal with people who have been saved, I don't know how many years, who still haven't controlled their tongue. They still let out a swear word or they still use a word that would be unacceptable, but they would turn around and say, well, I, 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 it's just a slip of the tongue. Well, no, deal with it. Bring it under control. Attitudes under control. What you put on Facebook under control. The things that you say about others under control. It's so important that when we look at this word gentleness, that we see our lives in control or under the control of God. Gentleness is not something that we could believe can happen to us as a Christian. At some point, in the, in the distant future, perhaps when I'm not quite so youthful in my ways, when, when I'm a little bit older, perhaps I'll be a little bit more gentle. No, no, no. Gentleness is a part of your Christian life the moment that you confess Jesus Christ as Lord. You don't have to respond in a prideful way. You can bring it under control and allow gentleness to have its perfect way. Someone once said this, the way to overcome the angry man is with gentleness, the evil man with goodness, the miser with generosity and the liar with truth. I think that's a really powerful statement. I'm going to read it again. The way to overcome the angry man is with gentleness, the evil man with goodness, the miser with generosity and the liar with truth. Gentleness, as a fruit of the Spirit, helps us see others with God's perspective. You know, often we can, we can forget the godly filter. And we see someone who's struggling and, and we perhaps criticise. Or, or we see someone who's not doing things the way we would want them to do. And, and we can have a critical heart. But with gentleness as a fruit in our life, we see things from a godly perspective and it's that perspective that we as believers are meant to walk with all of the time see there is natural gentleness as well as spiritual gentleness you know um last week we um before lockdown happened we popped around to see zach and sarah and meet um the latest grandchild ava and you know i didn't just go along and pick her up and grab her and say, oh, how are you doing? She only weighs four, four pounds, 12 ounces. You have to be gentle and cradle and, and careful. Why? Because gentleness is the correct behaviour. Or if you know, suddenly pick up a, a vase or a plate or something of an antique value. But you don't just start throwing it, oh, I'm trying to find something. You, know, you don't just start throwing it from one hand to another thinking, well, yeah, it could be worth about £50,000. No, you treat it with gentleness. So, oh, I'm, uh, is it, I don't think I'm going to hold it for long just in case I drop it. But God is calling us to be 
gentle. God is calling us to be gentle because we live in a fragile world amongst fragile people. Gentleness is about the way we deal with others that could easily be broken or are already broken, hurt, bruised or crushed. When we deal with people in the world, let's carry a heart of gentleness, consideration, thoughtfulness, concern for their life. The Bible gives us this great advice in Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken or caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness considering yourself lest you be tempted. I think it's really powerful. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass or if he is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, if you're operating with the fruit of gentleness in your life, I believe the Bible is saying you are behaving in a spiritual manner. Those who are aggressive, those that are defensive, those that are um, avoiding a conversation or avoiding you because of an area of their life are not walking in this thing called gentleness. But it says you who are spiritual, such a one, uh, sorry, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Another translation puts it this way. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivenly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might need be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you are badly deceived. You know, over the years, there have been times when I've had to do exactly that. Forgiving and restoring. You know, even when it's not been my issue, my fault, something I've done, you've, I've had to go to them and restore them. Saving my critical comments. Sometimes it's so easy to, to be critical. But we've got to look to how we can restore. It says here, brothers or friends, if someone is caught or falls into sin, restore him. The, the terminology that Paul is using here, if someone is caught or falls or is hooked like a fish or trapped in a web of sin. We who are spiritual, those of us that are filled with the Holy Spirit and have allowed the Spirit of God in our life and are carrying that fruit of the Spirit in our life, we are to restore with the Spirit of gentleness. That's the way the fruit of the Spirit is meant to be used. You know, we can think of many different situations where people have made mistakes. You, know, you, you may be in business, you may be employed, you may have um, a, a career that you're pursuing, 
And somewhere along the way, you made a wrong choice and your integrity is in doubt and questioned. And you may be even thinking that you may be going to lose your job. Allow the spirit of gentleness, especially if you're the employer and someone is struggling. Come alongside them with a spirit of gentleness. Maybe someone who's made a wrong moral choice and their marriage has been destroyed. We've got to, we've got to look for ways to restore people, correct them with the word and restore. Maybe a couple who have decided that they were going to have an abortion. They've made mistakes. They've done something wrong. But let's not condemn one another. Let's restore one another. What's God saying when it comes to us living out our lives with the fruit of gentleness? When you see someone who's caught in sin, the woman who was at the well, she'd had five husbands, she was living with, a, with another man. What did Jesus do? He restored her. The woman that was caught in the very act of adultery, he restored her. Zacchaeus, who had stolen and, and, and used his money for his own greed, what did Jesus do? He restored him. Paul is saying when we see people like that, whether it's in the church or in the world, let's not be judgmental, but let's be gentle with them. Having gentleness outworked in our life will enable us to support those that are fragile. And I believe we're, we're living in a generation where there are many fragile people. Fragile in mind, fragile in emotions, fragile because of circumstances in their life. Let's not be hypocritical, judgmental, but let's allow the fruit of the spirit of gentleness that would restore, would walk with and help be prevalent in our life. Jesus was gentle with those who were lost, hurting, bruised. His gentleness wasn't weakness, but it was power under control. Philippians chapter 4 verse 5 says this, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Let that fruit be so real in our lives that as we look around in church, when we get back to gathering again, we notice, we recognise, we can pinpoint individuals who are walking with the fruit of gentleness in their life. Not, not a critical spirit, but a gentle spirit. Not a spirit that points out people's issues, but that would restore them into fellowship. So what does gentleness look like in practice? It looks like love, grace, helpfulness, kindness, all being mixed together with strength under control. Gentleness doesn't throw insults at those doing things that are wrong. You know, maybe the way they look or the way they dress or the way they worship or the way they vote or the act that they act, whatever it would be, it doesn't be critical continually it doesn't look at their differences and hate them or dislike them or separate themselves from them because of it gentleness remembers that we were all sinners 
and that we're saved by grace. That we're all God's children and that he loves us whether we're saved or not. Gentleness extends grace. God's undeserved favour, his love and his kindness, even to the most difficult people to get along with. Gentleness is unexpected power to when situations respond to us. Ephesians 4, 2 says this, always be humble and gentle. Always be gentle and humble. Be patient with one another, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. There are times when we just need to allow people to be gentle, understanding, patient, making allowances. When was the last time you made an allowance for a brother or a sister in church or that, that you get you, know, you perhaps now don't get on with because there were a, a set of set of circumstances that separated that relationship? I pray tonight that we deal with those because the Bible very clearly says that if we've got out against our brother, let's leave this place, sort it out so that we can walk on together. I believe this is a good question to ask ourselves tonight. When someone disappoints you, are you gentle with them or are you judgmental with them? The flesh sometimes gets in the way, but we've got to allow the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit to surface in our life, to allow him to come through in everything that we do. Remember, God hasn't finished with any of us yet. We are all a process of becoming more like Christ. Some may take longer than others because they're putting less effort in. They're not working out their own salvation. They're just trundling along. Well, that's down to them. But for me, for you, we're not the finished product. We are being made into his image and into his likeness. And as we allow and yield to the things of the spirit, you and I will become more and more like him. Let's allow the spirit of gentleness to be outworked in our life throughout this week. God bless you. Let me just pray this evening. There may be someone who's watching online doing catch up, someone who's going to watch it in the week, who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And perhaps tonight they would have that moment where they acknowledge him as the Lord and Saviour of their life. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you tonight that you can use these words now and in the week to come. And I pray, Father, that anyone that may be hearing this for the first time, anyone that may be hearing of your love and your kindness and your goodness and your gentleness toward us, Father, I pray for those that are making decisions to accept you and receive you in their life. I pray for total transformations to take place that the blood of Jesus will cleanse us and wash us from our sin so that our relationship can be right with you. And Father, I pray for any of those in church and in relationship with you and 
in, in congregations that would be watching. Lord, that we would deal with the wrongs. We would walk with a heart of gentleness. And Father, we would become more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Family Church. Um, have an amazing week. And we will cut, catch up with you uh, this time next Sunday for another moment of FC Local. You can catch up on YouTube. Go to FC Live and uh, you can catch up with all the other pastors.